Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Mike. Uh, thank you. Uh, good evening. Uh, I just want to welcome all the newcomers. Uh, uh, this is an incredible pro. This is an- oh, I'm sorry. What, am I what? Am I supposed to say who I am? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm Mikey. I'm a compulsive overeater and a crazy person. Uh, all right. Sorry about that. Uh, so I just want to again just welcome all the newcomers. This uh, this program is uh, is an incredible program, and um, if you just stick with it. Uh, it, it will change every aspect of your life. Um, I, I came in in, uh, in January of 08. Um, my, my current abstinence uh, started at 9, September 11th, uh, 2010. Um, and, uh, and I have to keep it that way because, it, it, because of September 11th, I, I can remember it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I came in here. Um, I ended up... Uh, Falling in love with somebody who was in program started started OA uh, 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 a month before I met her, and you know it's it's kind of a dicey situation to start a relationship in the first year of recovery, um, and uh, um, I, I didn't. So I was with her for about I think three or four years before it, it started to dawn on me that maybe this was something that I needed to explore myself. Um, I uh, I really was uh, I was born born into uh, into compulsive overeating. Um, uh, my my dad is an incredible compulsive overeater and, and compulsive exerciser. Um, you know, I always tell the story that he uh, he was at a uh, at a buffet once and went up and got twelve plates of food and ended up in the emergency room and he thought that was funny like he takes he took pride in the fact that that actually happened and he almost died um so that's where i came from and so growing up um i would try to keep up with my compulsive overeating father you know i would you know my dad would take seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths and sixths no kidding and so my way of bonding with him was keeping up with the seconds thirds fourths and fifths and uh, and that you know just continued, and and I just continued to gain weight, um, you know, as a as an elementary school kid and as a high school kid, and uh, and this uh, this really uh, continued all the way up until I came in the program, and you know the fact is is that uh, I'm an addict all the way around. Like it's not just just a a food issue. I have a life issue, honestly. Um, I, uh, I I pretty much am addicted to, to anything you can think of. You know, drama, feeling bad for myself. Um, you know, for a long time I was a, I was addicted to, to drugs, and uh, and so I can really find an excuse to to go into my addict behavior really over everything. But but this food problem was this this was the thing that. Um, was really the thing that uh, would grab hold over and over and over again for me. So, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping all the way around, but um, so when I was with 
so I started this relationship with somebody who was in, in L.A., and, and I really didn't understand. And, um, and about three or four years into the relationship, I decided to sort of take, take a little bit of uh, interest in this. And, uh, and, and, I, and I basically became a tourist for about a year. Like, I would, I would sort of come in and out of the rooms and sit in the back, put, you know, put my, my hat down. I'm like, now, sit in the front and put my hat down. Um, and, uh, and really would not participate. And, um, and uh, one of the most amazing things happened. And, and again, I feel like uh, being in this program and, and participating in this program um, presents miracles. Um, and one of the miracles uh, for me was that somebody that I didn't know in the rooms saw me sort of be this tourist coming in and out of rooms and not really participating and said, you, after a meeting, come over here, <laughs> after a meeting. And I was like, oh, what I do? I probably, you know, did something because I'm always guilty. And, uh, and uh, she's like, you come here and you never raise your hand. I want you to make a, a promise to me that in the next three meetings you're going to raise your hand. I don't care if you have nothing to say, ra- raise, your, raise your hand. And... Uh, for whatever reason, I, I got scared into it, and uh, and that's what I did. And I got called on the next three meetings. I raised my hand, and I got called on. And um, after raising my hand after a meeting, all of a sudden, like, people were communicating with me after the meeting. Hey, man, like, what you said was something I can relate to, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I was, like, interacting with other people in this program. And I started to become an active participant in my own recovery for the first time. Um, and so um, that's all this is to say in my experience um, that it doesn't do, it didn't do me a lot of good to, to not participate and not interact and not um, become part of the fellowship. Um, that was uh, That was something that in the long term, you know, as I've been here since 08, um, it's so important, you know, um, to recognize for myself that I could not do this alone. Like, I needed to be one of many. I needed to be part of a larger group who had the same issues and problems that I had for me to get through, um, you know, sometimes a minute, sometimes an hour, sometimes a day. Um, and I couldn't do it alone. And so, um, you know, after, after that, after that um, things started to become easier for me. And I, be, I became more open. I was able to talk to people. And, uh, and that's, you know, finally how I got a sponsor. And, uh, and it, took me, it took me a while to figure out, you know, what my abstinence was. You know, for those of you who are new, uh, abstinence can seem sort of nebulous because everybody has their own abstinence and everybody, you know, has to do what's right for them. Um, you know, your sponsor can direct you, but a lot of times it's not an exact science. So for myself, my biggest, um, my biggest issue in terms of eating was um, eating after 10 p.m. That's when I would go to town. Um, like from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., like I would just find myself in the cupboard just going to town and not being able to stop. And uh, so it was that, and it was also the idea that, um, you know, I could not stop after one plate of food. So it was seconds, thirds, and fourths when clearly I was done after, after my first plate. So 
um, those two issues were the, were the cornerstone of, of my abstinence. So it was like no eating after 10 p.m., that, that's it, and no seconds. Um, you know, I have my one plate of food, and, uh, and that's it. Um, it becomes a little unclear, like, when I'm, I'm sharing food with people, so I don't, I don't love that. Um, but at this point now, in, in, my, in my recovery, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay in most food situations now. Um, and and, uh, and just, to, just to continue, just to tell you what the, the rest of my abstinence uh, is, uh, I don't do bread baskets anymore. I know chips at a Mexican restaurant because those are the two other things that just killed me. I mean, I would just go through three or four bread baskets and then I'd be ready for dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was great. Um, so, um, so then, um, so then uh, I, I got the sponsor and started going through the steps. And uh, and a funny thing happened, you know. Like I said, like I had a life problem, and one of one of uh, one of my life problems, um, one of my many life problems, was the idea that I just knew better than than you all the time in every situation. Um, and uh, and that was that was is I was a difficult individual, honestly, um, especially in my work life. Um, I think it uh, it really hurt. Uh, uh, my rela- my work relationships I and mean, people would work with me and that and then not work with me again and uh, and of course you know my opinion was always everybody else's fault um, and it really did take me until I was on my fourth step to understand like my part in all of that and that the common denominator in all those relationships was me um, <laughs> and it's like oh okay um, and. And it came down to, you know, my sponsor um, would, would always say, uh, um, you know, uh, humility, to be humble. And that is to be, to, to be able to re- be remain, uh, to be able to be teachable, to remain to be teachable. I'm not saying that correctly. But, um, but now it's something that I, I just didn't really understand. Like, I, I didn't think I could be taught anything more. And, <laughs> and, uh, and the fact of the matter is, is... Um, that that just wasn't true, and once I, I recognized that in this program, I, I really did approach every situation as a student rather than an angry teacher, because that's what I was. Because I would yell at you like you're an idiot because you don't know what you're talking about, and uh, and that is not a great way to interact with the world, and um, and in doing so. Um, I found myself um, being in situations that were much less tense, um, much much more affable, and and I began to understand that in every situation, the thing that I can control are my actions and reactions, and that's something that I, I didn't really understand um, before I got into this program. It was always somebody else's fault in every situation. And, um, and, and through going through the steps and talking to, you know, and having, and the other thing, I mean, sorry to sort of be all jumble-mumbled about this, but, you know, my sponsor was somebody who, um, who spoke to me in such gentle terms that it was so infuriating to me because, you know, I spoke to myself in such harsh terms. Like, I was always so angry, you know, not only with the world, but with myself. I mean, I, 
held myself to this ridiculous standard. And so, you know, my sponsor would constantly talk to me and like, hey, it's okay. I mean, you know, his, uh, you know, I, 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 I came in in 08, but I didn't get my abstinence starting until, until 2010. So there was a while there where I could not keep more than 60 or 90 days. Mostly it would be 60 days and I would lose it again. I would just eat after 10 or take seconds and not realize it. Um, and, you know, he would constantly say to me, it's like, uh, tomorrow's another day, and, um, you know, you can, you can lose your abstinence, but you don't have to lose your program. It didn't mean that I had to leave program, you know, and just give it all away. It's like, okay, um, go to, you can go to a meeting the next morning and start again. And that was something that didn't really occur to me at the time, you know. Uh, I, I was the kind of person, like, where if I just didn't get it right, I just would give up. Um, I just needed to just be, like, the guy. And um, and so, you know, him talking to me in gentle ways actually got me to start talking to myself in, in gentle ways, in ways um, where I had compassion for myself. And in having compassion for myself... I started to have compassion for the world. And, um, and that began to make all my relationships much richer and, um, again, much less tense. And it became um, a, a really great eye-opening experience for me to, uh, to approach every situation um, as somebody in recovery, as somebody who... Um, could be teachable as somebody who had something to learn, as somebody who was, you know, one of God's children and, and you know, was one of many. And, um, and that, really, that really impacted every aspect of my life, um, particularly with my relationship with my, who became my wife. Um, and, you know, this program, you know, really gave me the ability to be in a in a in a, in a long term relationship with not you know with all the highs and all the lows, and and gave me the ability to to you know, become a father in this program. Um, you know, it's something that you know those are two things I wasn't really ever sure that was going to happen for me. I mean, I met my wife when I was 39, so I I sort of thought I was going to be like this kind of swinging bachelor um, for the rest of my life, and. Um, and, you know, but, but the last year up, up to that, I think that started to become a little old and, and, and tired and um, <laughs> really expensive, too. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, no, but, you know, I really, I really didn't think that I, I had the capacity to be in a, in a really strong, long-term relationship because, honestly, like, I didn't like myself very much. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I really felt like if somebody got close to me and really um, found out who I really was, like, they would run for the hills because I lived in a lot of self-loathing. I lived in fear. Um, I lived in uh, superiority, and I also lived in, you know, I'm the biggest, you know, piece of uh, duty um, on earth. So, uh you know, this program sort of leveled that, leveled that out. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, so that kind of brings me up to today. And, and I think, you know, one of the things in thinking about w- what I was going to talk about today, I, I, I really wanted to talk about 
keeping program in ad, in, when you're in, in adversity. And the adversity that I'm facing today, um, they're, they're both small and, and, and large. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's the miracle that, um, that I saw my abstinence today because I feel like um, there's, been, there's been a lot of challenges to my program and to my, and to my abstinence um, uh, over the last three years. Um, but, but especially the adversity of having a child, having a small baby, and, um, and trying to fit in my program to having, you know, trying to have a career, trying to keep my marriage alive, and trying to raise uh, a child. And, um, and, and the fact of the matter is, is, is that, you know, my program has not been as strong as it was before. Um, and how do I keep my abstinence in that? Um, now, on top of all this, you know, I'm, I'm, I've had um, some incredible work challenges in, on both sides of the spectrum. I found myself, I'm in an industry that's very volatile, and I found myself being unemployed for a year and a half, and I got three jobs at once. And so I was unbelievably busy. Um, and then I also had the challenge of um, I this incredible challenge in my in my family that my sister has MS, and um, and not only does she have, she has two small children and her husband decided to divorce her, and so there's just the two of us and my parents are you know they're 75 so and she lives 3,000 miles away so I mean I have to say that it's um, just a 15-minute phone call with my sister who's, you know, she has a very progressive form of it and uh, she's in a wheelchair. She can't see. She can't use her hands. um, She can't go to the bathroom by herself and she's only uh, 43. Um, Just a 15-minute phone call honestly, like, makes me want to eat a donut. Like, it, it just does. It's like I get off the phone it's like I need a bagel, a donut, or a croissant. Those are my three things. <laughs> it's, it's like that's the axis of evil, people. <laughs> Not Iran. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's tough for me. Um, and so, you know, and and how and how do I keep my abstinence, you know, in the face of of, of these challenges? And you know, when it's not. But, you know, before I had my son, I was probably going, a minim- going to a minimum of, of five meetings a week and mostly going to, like, eight meetings a week. Um, you know, I, I, there were a lot of days where I was going to two a day, and, and that's just, it's just a beautiful feeling. I mean, there's, there, for me, there's just nothing better than being, being in a room full of, of other people like myself <laughs> and uh, and you know there's you know it's like there's this magical thing that happens like no matter what I was feeling what I, I, not was am no matter what I'm feeling no matter how down I am no matter how depressed I am and whether or not I get to share or not I come out go to a meet if I go to a meeting everything changes I mean the, the meeting ends and I'm on a completely different emotional playing field I'm on a completely different spiritual playing field and there's just some magic about being in a room and talking the steps and hearing other people share and recognizing you know the truths uh, that we all share and uh, and, it, and it 
for me, it just lifts my spirit, and 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 you know, it's enough to mostly carry me, you know, for the next 24 hours. Um, and so that became a real challenge. And so, um, you know, there 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 were other tools that I had to use. Um, you know, and if I couldn't get to to a meeting then it's really important to use the other tools of the program. And, and, and that's the reading, that's praying, that's meditation, um, and, that's, and that's, you know, really getting into contact with, with other people in the program. And, and mostly for me, that, that's texting. And that's just like, you know, just even like a small, like, text with somebody else in the program was mostly enough to just carry me through. And... You know, just for anybody out there who's who's dealing with some adversity in in in, uh, in getting to meetings or and, and feeling sort of isolated, you know, it's, it, there are other things that you can do. And you know, the idea for myself, um, getting in touch with my my higher power, if nothing else, if nothing else, um, that can um, put me in a whole different space. Uh, it, it reminds me that I am actually and absolutely never alone um, in this program and in this life. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, that's one of the most important things for me is to recognize that I'm not alone. Um, and that I have, I have fellows and that I have other people and that I have my higher power and I have God here to protect me from myself. Because really, I'm, I'm, I, need, I need protection for myself. Um, you know, um, I guess, you know, I, just to sort of wrap this all up, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very, very fortunate that, you know, I've always been a very spiritual person. I, 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 I've always, you know, believed in, in a higher power and always felt like I've had a lot of, um, miracles in my life, even before I came in the program. Um, but, you know, for me, um, you know, finding this program at a time when I was really, really devastated emotionally and spiritually um, was maybe the biggest miracle of all, honestly. Um, and, and, and the thing that it's really taught me um, is that whenever something happens that I think is just awful and oh, woe is me, it has taught me that, oh my gosh, this is exactly God's will. This is exactly what's supposed to happen at this time because there's going to be something else that's going to come in my path. And so it happened for a reason. And that was something that I think I had never understood before coming into this program. I, I always took everything so personally. You know, if somebody said something to me, it was just so personal. If something bad happened to me, it was so personal. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's God's will. It's God's will. And, you know, when, when somebody says something bad to me now, my first thought is, like, they might be having a bad day. They might be having a bad day, and it's not personal. Now, look, I'm not perfect, and, you know, and thank God I'm not, because perfection is the enemy of humanity. Um, you know, because, like, at the end of the day, right, if you're perfect, you have not, nowhere to grow or change and strive for, and you just might as well die. And so... Um, it's uh, it's just been a real it's a real journey for me and it continues to be a real journey for me um, 
to, to recognize every little miracle along the way and, and to really, you know, live the principles and the steps and the traditions of this program. Um, and, you know, and there are some days where I just, I just think that, you know, that, that I can't do it. And the thing is, is I have to do it. And whenever I'm going into the negative space, that's my disease talking. As my sponsor always likes to say in every situation, you know, where's, where's God? Where's God in this situation? And, and that's what I try to do. I try to find where's, where's the God in every situation. And when I do that, I'm turning to the light. I'm turning towards the will of God. And, um, and I think that's a, that's a much better place to be than in the uh, axis of evil. <laughs> because, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like when I go there, it makes me, it makes me, it makes me feel better in, the, in that moment. But then when I'm done, I, I hate myself. And now I have another problem. And, uh, and, uh, and now I'm able to kind of take a step back. And, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing, are, uh, you know, for me that I've learned on top of all the other biggest things that I've learned, <laughs> you know, is to take that God pause. To take that God pause before I'm going to, like, do something that might not be the best idea for somebody like me. Um, and, and I'm able to take that pause, and whether that be, you know, thank God that I have a spouse that's in program and talk to her, um, or text another fellow, or call another fellow, or go to the big book, or go to my higher power. Um, but it's it really is uh, it really is a blessing, and I think that is all I have to say tonight. Yeah. So thank you so much. For um, my experience with step nine. Well, I have a I have a I have a weird experience with step nine because my my sponsor had me do step eight and step nine at the same time, um, which I thought was. Kind of, but that's how his sponsor took him through it. Um, and so, um, I found myself um, making, I, I actually found myself feeling that I wasn't ready uh, on some level to, to make some of the some of the amends that I was making because like I, I felt like I wasn't doing it at the same time I, I, that I was doing it at the same time um, so uh, it was a little uncomfortable for me I would say um, but uh, but I but I I did speak to sort of the 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 main people and 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 the main people f- for me um, were were uh, were dead. Um, actually, and um, and so uh, so I had to write letters. I had to write letters to those to those people, and uh, and it was very painful. Um, and uh, and to the ones that weren't dead, um, I you know I had hard hard conversations, um, and they were never. Uh, as hard as they were in my mind, um, honestly, um, because you know the build-up is always so much worse than the actual reality always is. Um, but I, personally, I would recommend like not doing it at the same time. I, I, I feel like there's something off about that. I think there there are steps in order, you know, uh, for a reason. Uh, so 
don't know. I, I hope that answers the question. But I, I, I think the, the, my, my main point is, like, uh, just dive in. I think, you know, like, it's just never as bad as you think it's going to be. Like, the buildup is, like, way worse than the actual reality. Anybody else? Oh, I'm sorry. How I use the steps and traditions in my relationship. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I heard in these rooms is you bring the problems to the group and the solutions to your house. And that was so helpful. Um, you know, um, I, I think that combined with the idea that I don't have to be right, because, I, you know, I always had to be right, but um, I'm very amenable now to, like, what my part is in a, in a, in a, uh, in a fight. And, and I'm, much, I'm much quicker now to, uh, to own up to my part and, and to really um, listen to the other person. And, and really kind of take in. And again, I think it really does come back to, uh, to, being, to being humble and, and, and being teachable and, and, and just know that I don't know everything. And, um, and also, you know, if God is everything or God is nothing, um, to know that it will work itself out. You know, I think one of the, one of the, one of the great things in my relationship um, you know, is that I think we both don't hold on too tightly because I think we believe that whatever God's will is God's will. And, you know, there was a time in my life, like, if I didn't have something, like, I was going to die. Well, no, you know, you're not going to die. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, and, and I think the more that you can turn it over and really give yourself over to a higher power and to know that God's will is God's will, um, things seem just a little less hard, I think. So, thank you very much.